Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. If I bleed tonight, if I am sad tonight, I don't have a job to Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of the Power Slam podcast here on Patreon. If you're a pledger, you get it first here, or if not, on wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Kenny McIntosh, and I'm joined as always by Mr. Finley Martin. Finn, I'm taking you away from your Clash at the Castle review, which you are, well, you're not currently doing it because you're currently talking to me, but you know, you're in the midst of the, the review process. Indeed, yes, I'm actually just writing about the main event now. The show is actually much better on the network than it was live for me from the seats that I was sat in, uh, which I said on Tuesday were much better than the seats that I had originally purchased or the seat I had originally purchased. So, uh, so yeah, I've really enjoyed uh, watching the show a second time on the network. I think it's uh, a really good show. And I'm up to the main event now, which uh, I've already actually worked out my ending to it all. And I've even got my last paragraph all worked out. So, uh do you know, I used to, whenever I would read one of your pay-per-view reviews, especially the big mania ones and stuff, I'd be so buzzed about reading it that I went and read the last paragraph first. <laughs> I don't know if that's strange. I always thought, I, I, want to, I want to hear the summation, then I want to read through it. And that right. was always, it was a weird way that I would read it. So, right. Okay. So yeah. There you go. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's an interesting, you know, I've got some stuff in there as well about SummerSlam 92 and, you know, the connection with it and everything. So... Yeah, I'm, I'm pleased with it so far. Anyway, so uh, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna send that article in the morning. So I may be burning the not the midnight oil, <laughs> maybe the nine or ten o'clock oil tonight to get it finished for tomorrow morning. 
There you go. Well, listen, uh, we are, of course, going to talk about the AEW situation, which I know everybody's talking about right now. It seems to be consuming the rest of the world, but we did promise that we would talk a little bit about Raw, and we're not going to go into detail of loads of stuff on Raw, because, to be honest, it wasn't a hugely eventful episode, so that kind of is helpful for us when there's so much going on. But let's talk about the big happenings on the show. Obviously, the big happening, or one of them, was the return of Braun Strowman, who came out during the four-way tag match to determine the number one contenders for the Undisputed Tag Team titles. It was the New Day, Alpha Academy, Los Lotharios, the Street Profits. Now, Kenny, can I just stop you there just for a moment? Yes. Where were the Viking Raiders? Yeah, I don't know where they were. You would have thought that they were, because they were advertised, right? No, well, they got the big win on SmackDown, didn't they, over New Day? Oh, yeah, yeah, they beat New Day. and now they're, Yeah, that, it's strange. that. I mean, I, I didn't even think about it, but you're totally right. Viking Raiders did win last I week. I mean, so. that was, you know, to the Viking Raiders' credit, and they spent a lot of money on the, you know, the longboat bow, you know, and just, you know, it was actually a pretty good match between the New Day and the Viking Raiders. I felt on SmackDown, really good brawl. The audience were, were with the Raiders all the way, and it was a very convincing win for the Raiders. And yet they were absent from this number one contenders match. Sorry, Kenny, I just wanted to chime in there. Yeah, no, it's a good point. Um, but I mean, well, the Viking Raiders were probably glad they weren't in this match because Braun Strowman <laughs> returned to destroy everyone. Exactly. Maybe that's why the Viking yeah. Raiders weren't in it. <laughs> yeah, maybe they saw it coming. Um, so yeah, I mean, t- look, i got to be honest. I, d- I do not like somebody coming in, destroying all the tag teams. It's a real bugbear of mine. I don't enjoy it here. I didn't enjoy it when he used to do it before. Um, I am. I did think his reaction was really good from being back, and I'm intrigued by what he does, and I think that the run is actually going to be pretty good. Um, and I don't think it hugely matters in the long term, but I think that this is something where... I think this almost screams of, like, the Vince McMahon era in some ways, so it's surprising to me that... Uh, you know, Triple H and his regime would maybe choose to do this to make this be the the entry point for Strowman. But what did you make of his return and a pretty good reaction for him from the crowd in uh, where were they? Uh, Kansas City. Yeah, that's right, KC. Um, I mean, yeah, you're right. There was a, a really good response to him. I mean, he was in his best shape ever. Um, I mean, he was really compared to the old Strowman, not slender. But uh, lean and mean, you know, I guess he was always mean, but now he's just a bit leaner. Um, so, I mean, it was, um, I'm with you, yeah. I mean, it's like they were all sacrificed to Strowman. Chad Gable held the uh, ankle lock on Montez Ford, and then Strowman's music played, and he marched out and just smashed through everyone. At one point, he fell over at ringside, didn't he, Strowman? But they actually concealed that pretty well on TV. They did. I mean, you know, there's no escape. From social media and those camera phones, is there? <laughs> oh no, it's great. Well, yeah, because I mean, I didn't. It didn't. I didn't even clock it that bad until I saw the the footage of somebody at ringside who had the full view of it. <laughs> he did recover okay, so it wasn't a total disaster. Uh, but I'm with you. Yeah, I mean, it was. I mean, I suppose he felt. Well, this is a guy. He's coming back. I mean, are they going to pit him against Roman Reigns? Mm, possibly. I don't know. He said later on the show that he's going full-time to SmackDown, isn't he? That's what he said. So yes. we'll find out this Friday. Um, but I guess they felt like they wanted to bring him back with a bang. I mean, that's obviously the mentality. And they thought, well, you know what? He hasn't pinned anyone here. He's just run through them. And probably no one will be really 
that damage by what Strowman did. But I'm with you, Kenny. I don't want to see, I would like to see, I said this when we talked about Strowman last time, last week. I want to see something different from Braun Strowman this time round, not the same old Braun, because it was pretty stale before he left last time or was cut last time in 2020. Uh, when was it? 2021. He was cut, wasn't he, last year? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think he'd grown quite stale before he was sent packing last time. So, it's, it needs to be, a, there needs to be something new to this character and to this character's performances. We didn't see that on Monday, but hopefully we'll start to see that Friday. We shall see. Um, elsewhere on Raw, we did have Dominic Mysterio. We had Edge come out to cut a promo about what happened, and you know, he basically talks about Dominic and he calls him out. Ray comes out to try and you know, calm the storm. But Edge does say, you know, I love you, Ray, but Dom- Dominic's old enough to drink, drive, and stand in the ring and be responsible for his actions. Um, and then this brought out Rhea Ripley, who uh brought out Dominic, and uh, you know, in the end. Uh, Dominic, he didn't fully, you know, go hell for leather on Ray. We're 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 building to that, I'm assuming. But uh, yeah. we do have Judgment Day beating up Edge, and um, you know, the the match is going to be on with Edge and Dominic. Uh, but I mean, well, I thought this well, good. I mean, is that for sure? Because obviously they gave Edge a proper beating with a chair, didn't they? Yeah. Oh no. I, I mean, I think it. I think it's coming at some point soon. Maybe not. It's not going to be next week. You know, maybe, maybe they write Edge off for a few weeks. But you got to believe. That it's because I mean Edge and Ray are kind of like a man down almost. Yeah. Because now Dominic's with Judgment Day, but I mean I thought it's a good first night for Dominic. I like that he kind of. I, I always like when someone turns heel when they don't just go from, you know, I'm a I'm a babyface to I'm the most villainous villain. Yeah. Like just I, and I think with Dominic he's showing that like, in his face I have to do this. This is what I have to do to get ahead. I think that's interesting storytelling. So I, I thought it was a decent first night for him. How would you rate his first night on the job as a as a villain? Yeah, I mean, he's, he's in a transitional period. To use that line from Pulp Fiction. <laughs> and, um, I mean, he was there dressed in black. I mean, I mean, we pointed out a while ago, didn't we? As soon as Dom, you know, got himself that Eddie Guerrero-style mullet... I mean, that heel turn was impending. It was imminent. You know, it was on the cards and it arrived. So he's there dressed in black. I don't think he actually said anything, did he, Kenny? Did he speak? I don't think he did. No, he didn't. I think Mia did all the talking for him. And she said that she'd made a man out of him. I mean, if this has been the Attitude Era, I think she would have been more explicit, you know, in that, in the description of how she had made a man out of Dominic. You know, but I guess that was just left to our imaginations. Um, or maybe, you know, in the PG era WWE, that sort of thing doesn't go on anymore, Kenny. I don't know. <laughs> but I mean, I, you know, I I enjoyed it. I thought it was well done. I mean, you know, Rio wiped out Ray and then he, the Judgment Day took uh, the chair to Edge and really did a number on his left knee with a chair assault. And it does feel like Edge will be out for a number of weeks, possibly return at Extreme Rules on October 8th. I mean, yeah. he's, I can't imagine he's going to be there next week. Although I think they did advertise a Dominic Edge match for next week, didn't they? I think they did. Yeah, but I mean, I, I assume maybe that's not going to happen and maybe Edge sells the the yeah. sells the attack and, you know, then Dominic, they can all come out and be like, you know, Edge isn't showing up. You know, he's a, he's, he's a wuss or whatever. And then... Yeah, it's like, he's, you know, he's... It's just not ready for us. I mean, maybe they'll do that sort of the old gimmick we haven't seen for a while while Dom's in the ring. 
And then he orders the referee to count him out and he wins by count out and they all celebrate. You know, and then Ray comes out. What are you doing, Dominic? But I think this is going to lead to some sort of tag match at Extreme Rules, I would think. Or maybe Beth Phoenix, you know, they did tease some weeks ago that she might be involved in this. I would think she will be at some point. We shall see. And there, I mean, there's not really much else from Raw that I wanted to go into unless there's something that you'd like to give a mention to. I mean, I did think that Kevin Owens and Austin Theory had a really good match on the show. Um, yeah, I didn't that enjoy was it. really good. Yeah, that was really good. Uh, Johnny Gargano uh, told Austin Theory that he will return to action next week on Raw. Mm-hmm. Um, we had another appearance by Dexter Loomis. Um, he essentially cost Miz his steel cage, cage match. match to Bobby Lashley. So that was really funny. And Loomis appeared from under the ring. I love the camera angle on that. So, I mean, that was that was a lot of fun. Um, Miz, when asked, refused to disclose what happened last week between him and Lo- Loomis. He doesn't want to talk about it. So I'm intrigued, Kenny, as to where all this is going. You know, I have no, I can't explain this one. I normally have a good idea of where they're going with the storyline, but this one's a strange one. I don't think I've seen anything like this before. So they're playing the long game here. Um, and what else was on the show? I mean, we had uh, Rey Mysterio versus Damian Priest. Uh, Dominic prevented Ray from 619ing Priest. And then Priest hit a clothesline and South of Heaven for the pin. So, you know, Dom's a fully paid up member of the Judgment Day. Um yeah, I think they're, they're going to build slowly to that match. We're going to get the match, aren't we, Dominic versus Ray? Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it shouldn't rush that one. I mean, that's a match that needs six to eight weeks minimum to prepare that one. Um, well, listen, let's move on to, uh, you know, all the AEW stuff. There's loads of it going on, but we'll try and break it down as best we can. So we still don't know 100% what's happened with CM Punk as of this recording on Thursday afternoon 4.06pm British time. We do know that Tony Khan had a meeting with Punk on Tuesday. We do know that Punk has got an injury which is suspected to be a torn tricep that happened in the main event of All Out with John Moxley and that will sideline him until I think it's uh, it's 68 months so he's going to be out until at least 2023. Um, yeah. Do you think this spills the end of CM Punk and AEW? Well, I mean, it might do. I mean, it's difficult to know, isn't it? I mean, we're in such a a state of flux at the moment about what's going to happen, how long these suspensions are going to last. Are lawsuits going to be filed over this? I mean... Because there was legal... There was legal... uh, It has become a legal issue, is what we've been told. And then... So on Dynamite last night, Tony Khan said that the world title and the trios titles are vacated. Uh, yes, then... he didn't actually explain why, did he? He didn't go into any detail. No, he just said, following all out, this is what's happening. He didn't go into detail. Punk's name was not mentioned on the show. The Young Bucks and Omega's name wasn't mentioned. And um, so the trios titles were, were there was new champions crowned, Death Triangle beating the best friends in Orange Cassidy. And there's a tournament because, you know, Another tournament, um, another. which uh, you know, I mean, the, the brackets are actually pretty fun. Um, which is going to crown a new champion at Grand Slam. Um, That's September twenty first. September twenty first. Yes, so thirteen days from now. And I mean, the big thing is there's there seems to be two sides to the story, which usually mean I mean, 
usually there's three sides to a story. There's one side, the other side, and the truth. But um, the you know according to the books in Omega's side, they went in to have a conversation, and Punk, you know, just started trying to punch Matt Jackson, and it all kind of went awry from there. And then from Punk's side, it's that the Bucks kicked the door down, which has promoted some great online discourse with somebody saying, you know, oh. did, they, did they slap the side? <laughs> 58, 58 double super kicks while they're instinctively slapping the slapping the side before they finally break the little bathroom lock on the door. You know, it take like fifty eight super kicks from the young bucks to break a door down. Fantastic! And then they burst in and uh, carnage ensued. But I mean, it's just bizarre. Is this story that Kenny Omega? I mean, apparently CM Punk took his dog to work. Who would take the dog to work? Well, he, you know, he 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 did. He did take. He did bring Larry his dog because obviously they're in Chicago. Because there's a video of like Larry came out during the pre-show and okay. ran around the ring. Um, but yeah, so there's a story out there that came out today that Kenny Omega basically lifted up the dog to get the dog out of the danger. Yeah, and I actually, I mean, I won't well, say Steele's wife, I believe, was there as well, right? Yes, she was there as well. Now I tweeted out this morning. Um, that you know, if Kenny Omega really did get that dog out of Dodge, then you know he deserves a lot of credit for that, a lot of credit for you know sort of trying to act fast and make sure this dog's okay while these idiots are fighting, right? Well, I mean, he wasn't very well trained as an attack dog, was it? <laughs> well, he was just not just not Larry. But um, what I will say is, I actually heard from someone today, yeah, who knows Kenny Omega and who said he really did do that. He okay. really did get the dog out of Dodge. So, I mean, at least at least he was... I mean, for all the things that people would say that Kenny Omega, I just don't get the vibe that Kenny Omega is going to brawl with anybody. I just don't get that vibe from him, you know? He, no. he doesn't strike me as that kind of guy. So, it's he a does, whole mess. He seems rather mellow, doesn't he? Yeah, he seems, you know, he's very relaxed. I mean, even when yeah. the cornet stuff's happening, he's not... He's, you know, he's not. Uh, he doesn't seem like an angry person. So at the it moment, takes a lot he... of provocation for him to respond, doesn't it? Let's be honest. Yeah, exactly. It seems like a lot. So at the moment, Kenny Omega, Matt and Nick Jackson, Michael Nakazawa, Pat Buck, Christopher Daniels, and are, are all suspended. We know they're suspended. Ace Steel is thought to be suspended, but we don't know. And then Punk is the kind of we don't know what's happening. But the thing to me that's interesting about this. And I'm curious what you think. Is so obviously Tony Khan had to do something, right? Yes, we talked about this at length on Tuesday. Yeah, so he had to do something. He's done something now. Um, but in my mind, it, with, with him suspending the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, let's let's say for argument's sake that, they, that they're telling the truth from their side, and that they did go in to have a conversation, and the, the things escalated. Do you? I mean, to me, if I'm the the Bucks or or Omega, this is probably going to be this suspension and this whole situation might be making me rethink when my contracts expire about where I'm going to go. Yeah, because if you're somebody who and your mind has acted in good faith, which is what they're saying, yeah. well, as far as we know, that and then you're suspended and your names could have been dragged over the mud as well. I don't really know how you come back from that, and especially. The fact that if you're the Bucks and Omega, that Tony Khan just sat there while Punk was saying this stuff and actually nodded along to some of it. Well, exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, I don't blame them for being angry. I mean, to me, I understand why they 
had that wanted to have that conversation with him just for their own dignity, their own self-respect. Mm-hmm. They had to try and salvage some after that utter burial by Punk at that catastrophic media scrum. I mean, you know, I just cannot to this. I mean, I'll never forget watching that video for as long as I live. And I just feel like it's one of the most just bizarre and regrettable and totally avoidable. Should have just been called to a halt as soon as he went off on, as soon as CM Punk went off on Scott Colton, Colt Cabana, Tony Khan should have just shut it down. Right, that's it. We're not running any further. End of press conference. You know, as soon as he started saying those things. And, you know, you could say, well, you know, you know, you had to let Punk speak. Well, as soon as he then started laying into Adam Page at that point, cut the mic, end this thing. This is terrible for locker room morale, makes us all look like buffoons, amateur hour, you name it. And and then, but then the other, the other element to this is that, so Tony, so last night Tony Khan did that prepared statement. Oh, sorry, can I kind of just say, yeah, right, and I know a lot of people say, well, Punk was just reacting to something that Adam Page had said. Fair enough. Adam mm-hmm. Page... Um, you know, he effectively, you know, he said things about Punk that Punk objected to. I get that. But as I previously pointed out, Punk, as the veteran, the man high in moral fiber, as he always reminds us constantly, should have taken Page to one side, had a conversation with him as the veteran, and just, you know, douse that heat, extinguish the extinguish the heat between them, put that fire out that night. So it did not spread and escalate to this. And any sort of backstage problem, if you fashion yourself as some sort of locker room leader or veteran who, you know, has the exclusive on wisdom, which CM Punk believes he has, in my opinion, on almost everything, then you seek out the people that that have committed this perceived affront against you, right? And you sort it out backstage like a professional. You don't air your dirty laundry and bury everyone in front of the world. Uh, but to go back to your original question, CM Punk, I don't. I mean, to me, it's. I mean, you can say six to eight months is a long time, and much can change in that time. So he could return. I don't know. Will he want to come back at that point, Kenny? This is another injury, as he explained during that media scrum. Um, he was in a lot of pain with his foot, and it was you know very difficult rehab for him. You know, he's, what is he now? Is he 44, I believe he is, Kenny? I think he's 44, 43. Yes, like I that. think he is. Let me just double check the age. I think he was born in 78. Maybe he's 44 this year. Uh, CM Punk at the moment is 43. He turns, 40, yeah. turns 44 in October. October, that's right. So, I mean, you know, I know he he, he didn't wrestle between 2014 and 2021, but I mean, he's at this point in his career where he might just sort of feel like, ah, I just can't face it. I mean, he was obviously really upset about so many things, you know, as he expressed, you know, in lurid detail in that press conference, in that media scrum, would he really want to return to this environment? I mean, what's waiting there for him, especially if the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega are not fired? You know, there's Adam Page is going to still be there. You know, I know there's a lot of other people in the locker room that resent the fact that he's behaved like this and he's making so much money and has this holier-than-thou attitude. So, I mean, what sort of welcome is he going to receive, Kenny, if he does return next late spring, early summer? 
Yeah, because has, has he lost the locker room now? Like, has he well, lost? Quite possibly, yeah. Because, I mean, the other thing, I mean, the, to me, I've said this before, I think something has to have happened in between Punk returning three weeks before All Out and All Out. Because the page thing was there already, right? And they must have all been at TV together for like a month. So it just strikes me that there's just there's a piece of the puzzle missing. Yeah. You know, as to why he all of a sudden needed to say that the young bucks were the problem and needed to basically say, you know, they're children and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, um, so something to me happened. But, I mean, in, the other thing is, the, the big thing for Tony Khan is that if he... It's, it's going to get to a point where he probably has to choose. I believe so. Yeah, it's going to be a Brett Sean situation, I think. And I think as much as I think CM Punk is a bigger star, and I think he has more of a draw. Um, but, I mean, you know, so I was going to say... When Tony Khan did his pre-tape last night, he got booed. He did by I the heard crowd, that. which yeah. has never happened before. Tony's always been with the AEW faithful, a popular person. You know, they, they see him as as the kind of affable owner and all this kind of stuff. Then later on, Hangman Page gets booed as well, and then so, he lost. And then he lost, which also, I mean, the <sighs> and then Chris Jericho gave away the loss two segments before because he in his interview, Chris Jericho said. When I face Daniel uh, Brian Brian Danielson next week, before the match happened. <laughs> so, oh, Chris. So I mean, but you know, to, oh. to be fair, I mean Jericho's actually been a real uh, calming influence behind the scenes, apparently. So Jericho's actually but then Jericho's always been as much as he's an egomaniac, he has always been somebody backstage who kind of takes up for the boys, or you know, the whole thing with Randy Orton in twenty sixteen when Brock Lesnar was battering him. You know, Jericho's when it's not to do with him, he seems to be better at stuff. Um, but with Punk, you know, I think that Tony Khan's gonna have to make a choice. But then, are the crowd gonna start chatting CM Punk during Adam Page matches when the Young Bucks and Omega come back? Are the crowd? It's gonna be interesting because we know the history of people who are CM Punk fans. They he you know they'll die for him essentially in a lot of ways. So. I, I think know. a lot of people have probably turned on him over this because, I mean, I know some people are still supporting him, but I think it's very difficult, you know, to see Punk's side. And had he expressed all these views privately and they come out that Punk was furious with Paige and the books and Kenny Omega and whoever else, and that was just expressed privately, I think he would have people would have been able to sympathise with him or empathise with him or understand his position. But to express it in the way he did, I think he's turned a lot of people off, a lot of people who are fans of his. I think because he comes across as a hypocrite. I mean, did you see that tweet that Miro put out? Yeah, Miro Miro retweeted that thing because... Because yeah, because it was like May where Punk was doing a lot of stuff, but, you know, stand up for your... But then somebody else put a tweet out which kind of thickens the plot, I think it was Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, where he said that, so Punk and Cabana were on shows together for a while. You know, between yes. between August and January, maybe? Sure they were, yeah. Oh, absolutely, I remember. That was very interesting. I remember we got questions about that for the magazine. Mm-hmm. You know, what's going on between these two? And Colt Cabana, as you know, Kenny, was not happy when he learned that Punk was going to be signed by this company, but he no. realised that there was nothing he could do about it. And that was that. He just had to wear it. And Cabana, Cabana doesn't talk about it ever. No. You know, he just, he's refused. So 
the weird thing to me is they worked together from or they were in the same building, right? I'm sure they weren't, you know, walking up to each other and catering and saying, Do you want another pretzel? But they were in the same building and kind of coexisted. So what changed? Because nothing as far as we do are happened with Punk and Cabana. So I mean, there's more and more reports coming out that CM Punk has been miserable for months in AEW. Yeah. And it just it doesn't add up. I mean, even if you're to even if you were to say Oh, CM Punk's, you know, an egomaniac, he's arrogant, you know, that's that. Something has to have happened. Whether it's something that's... I I don't buy that it's just that Adam Page line, because other people have rightly brought up that MGF mentioned the Coke Cabana thing in a promo to Punk. Yeah. Now, did MGF run that by Punk? Is that where the problem is? Has it all got to do with the the way that it was done? I mean... mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it's you're right. It does feel like something has shifted. Is that why is he suddenly so belligerent? You know, why did he behave like that? Because it's went from zero to 100 very quickly. And right after he'd won the title, right after they put the belt on him. And it's just like, and when the boss is sat next to him, and he's just like, well, why not talk about your title win and who you want to wrestle next and, you know, how you've come back from this three-minute loss and you won this big match in your hometown and, you know, you can't wait to wrestle so-and-so or so-and-so or, you know, it feels good to be back and I'm glad that I'm wrestling again. And you just say something good about what's just happened and the company that you're working for. And it was just, well, we talked about this on Tuesday, Kenny. I don't need to go over all ground. It was just one thing after another. And yeah. whenever Tony was attempting to promote someone or something... You know, Punk just cut him off and went on one of his personal tirades about against somebody who he believed had slighted him. So I don't see how Punk can come back. I mean, he might. I mean, I, and and I guess a lot of this could blow over in the interim. But it's like who in the locker room right now will be, you know, pining for the return of CM Punk? I'm sure everyone will be very pleased that Tony is made this decision to suspend people. And I've got to give credit to Tony for taking a stand and taking action. He needed to do that. And he's done that. He's shown leadership. You know, of course, it's akin to say, closing the barn door after the horse is bolted to say that shit <laughs> had been addressed many, many weeks ago before it reached this point. But here we are. We are where we are. And he has taken action. So I've got to give him some credit for that. Um, and Tony being booed, you know, welcome to the world, the wonderful world of wrestling promotion. I mean, this is what happens. Well, he's, he's, he's only got himself to blame because sure. he could have dealt with us so many times. I mean, I said this on Tuesday. It's like, to me, if I was the owner, as soon as Punk did that rebuttal to Paige, I'd have took him, sat them both down, right? You both had your, your, your bit. Let's work together and sort this out. Yeah. You know, let's figure this out. And, and it, because then if it's a case of, Surely there could be a conversation where, you know, Paige could say, well, look, you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I think you got Cabana fired and I'm annoyed about it. And Punk could say, well, that's not the case. I didn't get him fired. Yeah. But he decided to move him. I, and then, you know, I worked with him from August to December. You know, I have to be best friends with everybody. Yeah. And they could have had it because there was no, no conversation had. But I do wonder if this whole thing long-term will damage the Bucks and Omega's relationship with Khan and in turn... Yeah. You know, I I feel like compared to a week ago, the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega's AEW future is way less secure than it would have been then. 
Oh yeah, yeah, it absolutely is. And you know, going back to you know the page and punk uh, potential conversation backstage, have that conversation backstage. Don't mm-hmm. incorporate it into your promos. You know, you you're on TV to promote your matches and the company. That is your job. And to go into business, I mean, you know, you know, okay, Paige wronged Punk, but two wrongs don't make a right, do they, Kenny? No, <laughs> you know I mean? no, they do not. That old cliche, and it's like, well, you know, you're the the veteran, you know, you're the one who's supposed to be setting the example and showing people how it's done and how to behave in a crisis or when a problem occurs, you know, show some, you know, show some some moral fiber. And I just feel like Punk didn't do I mean, obviously he didn't. But you're right, with Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, I mean, it is quite, I was quite surprised, really, to hear that Tony had stripped them of uh, the championship. I mean, I thought they would be suspended, but the fact that they'd been stripped of the championship, I mean, you know, that's pretty tough. And I've got a, I mean, I don't know whether Tony made the right decision or he didn't, but I I admire the fact that he made a decision. And he needed to take decisive action. We talked about this on Tuesday, and he did so. So, you know, let's give him credit for that. You know, hopefully this is the start of a new era for Tony Khan. You know, he's got a lot of work to do. There's a lot of damage to repair. You know, it's this has been a PR calamity, the likes of which this company has not experienced before. And I'm not quite sure what's going to happen next. Presumably, Brian Danielson will become champ. I think that's probably... The, mm-hmm. right, the right outcome. I, I feel like Hangman Adam Page being jobbed out in the first round of that tournament was just like, how can you do this, Tony? You know, you've just had CM Punk treating him like garbage in that media scrum. Mm-hmm. And then you, you're jobbing him out at the start of this tournament. Well, there, there's another one, you know, if you're Adam Page. Now, I do actually want to defend Adam Page very quickly because I didn't know this and I, I want to give credit. I know that. I heard it on Observer Radio, and I think it's just worth us pointing out. So you know how there's the whole thing about Paige, he said in an interview, I don't want to take advice from veterans. Yeah. The whole quote. He didn't actually say that. So the actual quote, I watched it, it's from a convention, and he was asked about taking it, he was like, it was when he was champion, do you take advice from Sting and CM Punk? And his answer was, well, at the moment, I feel like I'm doing okay, but I would absolutely listen to advice that was given. I'm kind of doing my own thing right now and learning my own mistakes. But So if you listen to it, he's not saying, I think veterans are useless. You know, it, it's kind of been spun into what that is. But, you know, I'm sure Punk wasn't checking for what it is. Punk's just reading something online and believing it. So in oh, yeah. theory, he, he's I mean, doing... He really put the boot in about that, didn't he? Really yeah. put but in theory, a big, uh, baseball analogy, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, but he's doing exactly what he's annoyed about the young bucks for because his. I'm 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 assuming Punk's not heard heard definitively that the young bucks were talking about him getting Cabana fired, um. But yet he's just believing that Paige has said this thing that he's not really said. So, um. And the last thing I just wanted to say was I really want to put over uh, MGF and John Moxley from last night because I thought they did a really good job of doing a promo where they tried to get some of the attention off of the punk stuff. And apparently Moxley was supposed to be away on a vacation after the show. He was supposed to be off for a couple of weeks and he sort of postponed that to come and, you know, do the tournament and be back. So props to him for stepping up when they really needed name power on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, well, that's that's really all the time we've got for today. We will be back next week, and I'm not sure there won't be it won't be as newsworthy, but we probably will. Know. <laughs> God, well, it's hard to believe that it could be. I mean, but we will. We will we will know probably by the time we record what's going down. It should be on Tuesday, but maybe on Wednesday morning. Everybody, so just be be mindful that what's going down might be on Wednesday next week. But we'll try and get it done on Tuesday. But um, yeah, I've we- got I've got a doctor's appointment. Everyone, I've got a problem with my shoulder, so that's Tuesday afternoon when we normally record. So uh, it may be slightly delayed, but it's due to. It's it's due to me malfunctioning, Kenny. We've got to make sure you're fighting fit. So anything that anything that needs to be fixed, we've got to get that taken care of. Well, um, exactly. Just in case, you know, we end up having a rumble, Kenny. You know, <laughs> I'm going to need to be in my best shape for that fight. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, but we will know by the time we record what's going down. Probably what the the Tony Khan decision is on CM Punk. It'll be out by then. I mean, so. the thing about the suspension is he, he actually doesn't need to suspend him if he's not going to be around until like March, April, May of next year. But so I think you do need... still you do still need to PR-wise suspend him. Well, I suppose sure. you do, yeah. I suppose you do. So um, I think he will be. I think he will announce that he's suspended. And, um, you know, the fact that he's going under having this surgery and not going to be back until the spring... Um, you know, mean in some ways, I mean, it's obviously not a good thing that he's injured. Of course, it's not, but it actually does take the pressure off Tony Khan making a decision about Punk because that can, you know, that's that's next year's problem. The imminent problem is when or if he brings back the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. Well, you never know. Finn, one of the terms you, you use sometimes is "cooler heads will prevail." So yes. we'll see if cooler heads will prevail with this break. But I think it's safe to say that we will never see CM Punk on an AEW scrum ever again. I think we can all agree on that. <laughs> so we want to thank you, everybody, for your support. Um, please do check out the magazine, InsideTheRopesMagazine.com. Um, the, as you listen to this on the main feed, which will be Friday... The pre-order for the next issue is going to be coming out tonight. So go to insidethelopesmagazine.com and check that out. Uh, Patreon, I always say it's the best way to support us. This is the only way that we can keep doing these podcasts. They they literally pay for the bills for us to do it. So it does mean a lot that you guys continue to support us each and every single month at patreon.com forward slash insidethelopes. So um, Finn, I look forward to speaking to you post checkup and I'm sure that... uh, We'll be we'll be fighting fit by the time we do what's going down. Yes, yes, hopefully, and and likewise, Kenny. And uh, yeah, thank you everyone for for your support. We really do appreciate it. And check out the new uh, Inside the Ropes cover, new cover, Kenny. Yes, the new cover will be uh, uh, unveiled by the time you by, by Friday night. So you can uh, head over to the magazine, <laughs> head over to the website and check it out. I, I think that you may understand. What we're going for with uh, with a well, it's not a nod; it's a slap to the face, but it's a good slap to the face. Um, so I think you guys will enjoy it. But um, anyway, thank you for listening, everybody, and we'll talk to you soon.
the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.